On this episode of On The Record, we get to really focus on the social media side of bars and restaurants through a well-known blogger's eyes. This isn't just go outside and take a photo of food and have a ton of fun. As PJ, who runs the Hey Stanford Instagram account, will tell us, this is a full-time job in itself. Being no stranger to social media, Instagram, algorithms, we've had these conversations so many times now on this podcast, and everyone offers something so different as far as their experience with hitting the right marks in social media and getting that, what do you want to call it? It's like a snowball effect, just where it's like you hit that mark and all of a sudden you just go upwards. Or a tumbleweed. <laughs> I, everybody around this area knows the Hey Stanford Instagram account. And we're happy to have PJ sitting here with us anyway to discuss all the different ways and the variations of how... COVID's affected social media, how things are different as far as the experiences of hosting actual events, how people are responding in this time period too. And honestly, before we even get to that too, really, where did Hey Stanford's Instagram account come Mm. from? Like this just popped up out of nowhere. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Excuse me. Um, You know, I started Hey Stanford, geez, it's I'm going to date myself right now, but it's probably about eight years now. Um, didn't start it as an Instagram, started as a blog. Um, I actually, the reason I started Hey Stanford is because I, I, you know, I always thought there needed to be like a, a city guide for our area, if you will. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember City Search or Sidewalk.com. Like, there was always those things for the bigger cities, but there was never anything for Stanford. And I just always thought Stanford needed something like that. I didn't know how to do it. Facebook came along, the, the pages, the groups, all that stuff. So I just literally started a, a Facebook page for, for Hey Stanford. Um, started picking up a little bit, started writing a blog. And then uh, Instagram really came along because I just love taking pictures, right? And like I'm literally walking down the street, snapping a picture of uh, the Avon movie theater or, you know, the burger at the place I'm at or something like that. Like it was literally, it was very organic. It did not start as like... Um, kind of like an influencer page, if you will, which I hate that term, but it didn't start as that. You know, it was literally just sharing pictures of, of Stanford and kind of tying it back to, to the blog. So, You're, Would you say that this kind of just lucked out to kind of come to its own fruition in some sense? You know what? It doesn't feel like work when you're having fun, right? That, that, that's exactly it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. Um, it never really has. It was just something that started very kind of casually and um, really picked up from along the way you know instagram i feel like was in its infancy when i really started the page um not only that but the photos were so we talked about it a few uh episodes ago where the photos on the camera back then were just so pixelated oh yeah you you look back at those photos now and you go people liked this (laughs) yeah i had to to scroll back in my instagram page actually yesterday to find something i was referencing yeah and you know i went all the way back what the, what the what was I? What is this posting? What am I doing with this picture? It's I don't so even know crazy. what that is. Yeah. So at, at that point, Facebook had a big hold over Instagram. Yep. We were all using that. Well, I think that was pre-purchase, uh, right? Or they were still yeah. separate. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's separate. when I started. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, even actually, when that purchase happened, I was like, oh, what's this mean? Like, I'm already on Facebook. Well, what's going to happen here? So you when know? you started, though, you started with the Facebook group essentially first or yep. fan page or uh, whatever page. it was at yeah. the time yep and you started building that thing out and everyone was out there yep. and they were looking around town you were tagging photos you were yep. tagging hey guys this place has cool whatever it is and there's a special and you're just doing it for fun out yep. of the love of going out and you know being around the people and experiencing food and experiences not to use the same word in yep. the sentence but this is what it was yep and you were describing this to people through the pages and how long was it before Instagram kind of showed up on the scene after you were doing the <clears throat> Facebook pages? You know, it was probably, it was, it feels like a couple of years. I, I don't know the exact time frame, but it, sure. it feels like there was kind of like a, a couple of year lag between there. Um, you know, blogging was really big at the time when I first started. Yeah. So I'm blogspot, <clears throat> whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah. Yep. And I was, you know, I was writing articles and I still am. I mean, that's, that's really the, the kind of center point of what I do is my blog. I try and lead everyone back there. That's where I have all my content and, and kind of drive people back there. Um, you know, these are certain different arms that I have that are bringing it all together and kind of, you know. Well, having a website that's <clears throat> been in existence for like the last eight years anyway, right. 
where you've been blogging. I have no idea how many backlinks and articles that you have on the yeah. Stanford website, but yep. I'm sure that's bringing a ton of organic traffic through. Correct? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at you know some of the hits I'm getting in the last couple of days, and there's three, four year old articles that are that are still getting hits on there that that people are looking at. And this is a this is a big business, and we just talked about this recently as well on uh, the Waiting on Fries side of the podcast, where we were discussing ways to increase your traffic. And yeah. one of those huge ways is SEO, and sure. you want to search engine optimize all of your different pages that are out there. Yep. That way, they have all these keywords that apply to maybe your specific town, what it is specifically that you do, and having something as centralized as Hey Stanford, where you've got every single business out here on your page, essentially that you've kind of written different blurbs about. Or whatnot or tying back to you as well like that helps you in such a big way that your website benefits tremendously just off of the search terms that probably get triggered yep um you you know seo is it's it's so new to me right like every day i'm trying to learn something new it's always changing it's always changing yeah and like i'm like wait i just did this now i gotta do this or um you know there's so many different tags or things that you gotta gotta keep your eyes on right so it's when you write some of these articles, I mean, when I write articles and I'm putting them together for the websites or yep. whatever it is at the time I'm doing, I'm definitely writing with those keywords in, in my thought. Right. Because you need to do that. You can't just write an article about blandly just barbecue itself, for instance, just like you need to also include the town that you're in so you get people showing up from right. local areas and this all strengthens the post. And then also... You can't just put something together. It's like 300 words either. It's got to be like 600 or Google right. decides that it's not yeah. really worthy of a post and it's yeah. maybe just fraudulent to some extent. Yeah. So, yeah, these things help a huge amount. And I'm reading then also then your Instagram and your LinkedIn presence and your YouTube presence, all this <clears> stuff, <throat> all attributes and accounts for how much push Google will give you in right. saying that you're a credible existing yeah. page, right? I'm sure you have competition out there in in a good sense with other bloggers or whatever that are doing things too. And they probably don't have as much time in the game that you have. I agree with that. You know, I think, I think just a length of time alone is, has been helpful to me. Um, I've seen blogs pop up and fall back down and, you know, it's, it's a commitment to be able to sit down every night and write a new article, uh, edit the pictures that I'm going to pop up there, uh, you know, worry about the, the search and all that stuff. Um, WordPress makes it a little easier with, like, a lot of plugins they have. and you know, you, I agree. Um, so, so I think that's, a, that's helpful. Um, there's a ton of forums out there that I'm just searching on all the time of, like, what if I did this or what if I do this or how does this screw me over, or, you know, like those type of things. So I'm reading constantly. Not only about what I'm what I'm writing about, like not only like the the Stanford stories, but then I'm I'm reading about the social media aspect of it, the the back end stuff. The it's, it's really easy to nerd out and go down a real oh, dark path oh, yeah. for hours on end. <laughs> sure, totally. And, and you know you, you find yourself on a back alley reading something crazy. Totally. Get those, rab- those rabbit holes will keep you busy oh, for yeah. a while. Yep. Yeah, and considering that you go to all these different places and environments, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm you must see a lot of websites that maybe have a lot of missed opportunities because restaurant owners don't understand how important these things are to their brands. And the first thing you do when you're in a foreign area that is not somewhere that you're typically trying to eat at is you bring up Google and you type in food, New Rochelle, food, Stanford, food, wherever it is. And then what's going to pop up is probably who's got the highest credible scores and the most relevancy to the area that you're currently in. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you're out there with a spot, you need to really evaluate your website and you have to evaluate all these key terms and make sure that they're rich and in depth with the different food items that you have, drink items you have, what town you're in. Do you do catering? Do you not do catering? And not only that, <clears throat> but it just can't be a one page website either. Yeah. You've got to have multiple pages yeah. and that blog really does help that you're talking about. How many, yeah. do you know how many articles are on your blog? <laughs> I, he's laughing. <clears throat> I, I don't, I like at one point I was keeping track of it. I mean, there's. There's a crap load. I, I don't even know. I mean, there's just pages and pages on, on the, when I'm looking at the, uh, the post that I shared. Um, you nailed it, though. I mean, if you're looking at a restaurant website, for instance, and it doesn't have relevant content, you're going to lose that person, right? Correct. Like, you're not, I'm not going to go to a restaurant if I can't see their menu, a current menu, nonetheless. Like, you, a lot of people I see have older menus on there, too, that 
stuff they don't even serve anymore, right? Yeah. Um, like, there's just a lot of missed opportunities if you do not have a good a good website. It doesn't even need to be great. I think it just needs to be really good. It needs to look like you're trying. Yeah, 100%. because I know, I didn't, and that didn't used to bother me before, but I've noticed now the same thing. I'll look, and if I see like a crappy website, I'm like, eh, nah, let's find right. somewhere else because I, I feel like it's the same level of effort. Like yeah. at least try to make it look right. You know, look like people are coming in yep. or something. They, they're going to their Instagram is a good a good uh, indicator too because yeah. some restaurants have a good indicator, uh, good pictures with nice food and a good presentation, and then some with like, here's here's Jerry. Behind the bar, with like his <laughs> thumbs up, you know, and like, okay, what do you do though? <clears throat> I, I I could talk about so, restaurant social media pages. Oh, there's some there's some dumpster fires. <laughs> yeah, there, are there some really dumpster are. Fires. We don't have to throw people under the bus. No, though. no, and I wouldn't. But and no, but the, the important <clears throat> thing to highlight is that these opportunities that are there that have been missed previously should be yeah. being paid more attention to. And I'm sure that you can maybe see a high. I guess rate of successful restaurants or whatever we deem as successful restaurants having very strong infrastructure as far as their websites go yeah, and their social media and it stands out, you know, you can't fool people anymore. We're not in that day and age where, you know, you think about Applebee's Applebee's only succeeded for so long because nobody had cameras to take pictures of better food elsewhere. Nobody <laughs> knew. Right. But now people are just so much more intelligent because we do have this easy access to media all over and pictures. I, I mean, this yeah. is what Instagram is built off of is pictures. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could point out a ton of bars that just recycle the same photos over and over again. And they might not even be applicable to the bar. They might just be a stock photo of a burger that was ripped right. off Google. Yeah. Still with the Getty Images tag at the bottom <laughs> of it. Like they didn't even pay for the fucking image. And I'm just saying that these opportunities are there for people to get yeah. smarter in. And uh, I mean, in some aspects, I'm not saying it's your job to educate them. No. But you were frequenting a lot of places sure. too where like, yeah, their business, you're helping their business out, I'm sure, yeah. completely. I don't know the data. I don't know if you even know the data. We could jump in that in a while. But when you're frequenting these spots, people are looking. Yeah. You've put a lot of places, as I am a new Stanford resident over the last year and change, you've put a lot of places onto my feed where I say, oh, this spot looks pretty solid. I should check this out. I don't know the areas out here that are, you know, the top must-go-tos. However, then when I feel like I found a gem on my own and then you post it later on, I go, shit, I found one first. <laughs> you know, and, and there's something there for that. I love it. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm born and raised in Stanford, right? That, that's another reason why I started Stanford, because I, I grew up, there's a lot of change here. This area, where we're sitting right now, didn't even exist. Like, it literally just came about when, when I first started the brand, right? Um, but there's been so much change here, but there's so much good in Stanford, and that, that's my thing with, with hey Stanford, is I'd love to put a positive spin on the city where I grew up in. There's a lot of great restaurants, there's a lot of good people, a lot of great business owners, and that's my goal is to really highlight that and, and really call that out. So when, you know, people like you, when you come into this area, you're looking at that, you're like, oh, all right, here's this restaurant that's been here for 50 years. I, I should go check it out. It doesn't look like a place I'd ever go to, but, you know. Totally. And I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a difference, as you mentioned, when you started, there was City Search. Um, I, I forget what the other ones, they've kind of not, they're not really Dis- around as much yet, right? right? So, but now you go on to Instagram or whatever you want to, there's, for every city that I could find at least five or six of, you know, this is whatever, you know, pick a city and they, they're like the covering one. The problem I run into is most of them are really one dimensional mm-hmm. where, you know, you might get one that says, I don't know, I'm referencing, but let's say Stanford's like, uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Right. And it's just straight pictures of like potholes that the city needed to fix. Right. right? So it's yeah. like all negative connotation right. or something yeah. like that. Uh, or you get one that's just just a picture of a restaurant, or one that's just this restaurant open and this one closed. Yep. And this one, so it becomes like a one-dimensional yeah. follow, and then then I don't really want to engage anymore because right. it's like whatever. What I don't know if you get the newsletter too, or do you just follow the Instagram? I don't have. The oh, newsletter so you don't know yet. about the news? So but I now get the I'm newsletter. I'm actually interested in getting the newsletter. <laughs> I get the newsletter because it's not because he's not one-dimensional. It's not just this is a restaurant or this thing is going on, but you also get an engagement into the city. So there's some parts about restaurants. And there's like, I've seen it some newsletters where you reached out and said, this is a cool building. You know, what, uh, what do you think we should like, what would you like to see in it in here in in the city and stuff like that? So it's not just, Oh, we're just going to 
bang away at the bars or whatever, but we're right. going to do some uh, environment. I don't want to say it, not like eco-friendly environmental, but you know, our environment type things. Like, what do you think about this? What about, so it, I actually end up spending like half an hour, 45 minutes, like reading through all the articles and Love then it, getting, I don't, we don't even have a business in Stanford, but because I have to get that newsletter, I feel like, I, I feel like I know what's going on. Now I, I know it. what goes on when you're down in the office, <laughs> not actually doing inventory. Uh, that's a valid thing to now talk about as well, though, then I, I didn't know. I don't sign up to the newsletter. Yep. I, I would if I realized that that was there and yeah. clicked the button. So when you're doing the newsletter, then that's a piece of the website. And sure. I'm sure it's maybe on Linktree also to yep. sign up for. Yep. And you've now amassed a handful of following to sign up to get these yep. updates that are happening around town. And then how do you actually distribute that newsletter? Is Are you using a MailChimp or MailChimp, something exactly. comparable? Yep. Yep. MailChimp, it, great product. And the price is starting to go up a little bit. I've but, noticed. Um, great product. I've been using it for a few years now. Um Originally, when I first started, and I was kind of new, I was just using a WordPress kind of blast that they do every time you post something. Um, I brought it all into MailChimp and kind of managed it that way. It's been a great product for me. Um, every Friday, we send out a newsletter um, to, we have about 15,000 plus subscribers on that. It's awesome. Um, I love it. And, you know, it's a great way to share content from the blog, kind of bring it all together. With Hey Stanford, I kind of diversify, right? Like, I got the blog, I got the Facebook page, Twitter page, uh, TikTok I don't use so much yet, um, Instagram, of course. So I kind of bring it all together within that kind of Friday blast. He, so, said, he said yet on TikTok. Just, <laughs> yet. It's hard to dabble with it. <laughs> it's a lot to take on, and yeah. it's understandable. And in the newsletter, break me down a newsletter. What typically do you see? What's kind of the format or formula to putting this newsletter together? I mean, mail just like all these products, right? They make it very easy where it's drag and drop, right? Take a piece of this, take a piece of that. What are you trying to accomplish with your newsletter? For me, it's content. I want people to read my content. I want them to look at it. I want them to click through to the business pages or whatever it may be that I'm sharing that week. Um, the weeks can vary from new restaurants opening to getting your beach pass to whatever. Um, so it really depends. Are you able to work with the town in some, I should say the city, in a lot of these aspects too? You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to have some relationships with the city, um, you know, whether it's the uh, ec- uh, director of economics team, like, you know, I, I, they might reach out and say, hey, we're doing this thing, can you share it? When, when COVID actually shut down, I don't want to um, digress from that newsletter email, but when like COVID started shutting down everything, like I worked very closely with them to understand their plans and... Um, you know, they asked if I could help kind of get the word out of where testing sites were, uh, donation boxes, all those awesome. type of things. So it, it was, it's helpful in that fact. Um, but back to the newsletter, you know, it's for me, I think my formula works best where I got Instagram up at top. I had some of my key photos for the week I share. Then it's the, um, um, content for the week. So usually every kind of Friday afternoon through that following Friday's content. And then I kind of link back to past articles too that might have been popular um, that I kind of want to call out. And it's because you're producing enough of these articles where you have the content that you're able, and some of them are still relevant anyway through the years, which is, that's interesting too. So a lot of the content that you're putting in this newsletter is original content. Yes. And it's hyper-focused for the localities of the area. 100%. And what you just said is something, it's funny because you said you put a couple of the Instagram photos at the top, maybe the ones that perform well over the week, Mm -hmm. which I literally yesterday just said, we're going to tweak our news blasts that we put out for the Cocktail Garnish Company. And what I was going to do was highlight the recipes that some of the bartenders have submitted to us with their photos and put those into the newsletter. Because what you want to do with the newsletter is get the engagement rates going a little right. bit too. And you want people to feel like they're a piece of it. And yep. you're, like Justin just said, you're asking questions in your news blasts, in your newsletters, where, hey, respond to us. Hey, right. be a piece of the puzzle. Hey, you're a piece of the culture here in Stanford. I'm just helping facilitate it. That, yeah. So that blast goes out once a week. Yep. Awesome. I'm going to load up on that. Nice. I've been reading a lot that MailChimp versus maybe some of the others MailChimp no longer really offers as much as maybe they could. Yeah. And I'm going deep into this because we do this as a piece of sure. our business, right? Yeah. So 
I'll report back to you with some of the other ones to see if I, I find some instances because what I've been reading a lot of is video being included into a lot of the email blasts now. And that's yeah. creating extremely high engagements yep. because people want to watch video and they want right. to see it. They want to see something moving. I mean, we're in 2021. 21, yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, we should be able to have these videos on our phone when it's our, our mailbox Mail. at that point. So MailChimp doesn't allow you to put a video on there? I don't think it does at the moment, does it? They have they have options. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the qualifications are, but they, they have options in there. Um, but to your point, I mean, there's probably five kind of top yeah. um, companies that are similar to MailChimp. You know, MailChimp's what I kind of settled on in the beginning. I keep reading about some of the new ones popping up. There's options out there, right? Well, it's Depending easy instead of exporting things, right? Exactly. You get locked and comfortable yeah. and it makes it really easy. Yep. Tell me about when you started moving from the Facebook pages early on into shifting to the Instagram model. I mean, you caught the fact that it was photos. You instantly realized this is what I'm doing. I'm doing photos. Yeah. This is for me. Although the photos were complete crap just because of our phones, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it obviously stuck and it stuck yeah. quickly. And how was the transition maybe of how to get people over from the Facebook into the Instagram or was it just like that considering? No, no, it was, it was work. Definitely. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, it was sharing photos because I just love taking pictures and, and sharing them. That, that was it in the beginning. Um, after a while I noticed like, oh, I don't know this person. They're, they're liking my picture. What's going on with that? Who, who are they? And, I'm looking in the hashtags and like, oh, maybe if I hashtag this, that, you know, that might pick up more traffic. And, you know, it started building up a little bit where I started noticing more and more people that weren't my mom's friends or anything like that. People I did not know that were liking the pictures. Well, that's um, the best gratification when it's not your friends. Yeah. It's people on exactly. the outside you've never yeah. met before. And it's the, it's the comments too. Like, uh, you know, great picture. Uh, I got to go check that place out. And I'm like, oh, keep doing that. You know, yeah. you keep going after that. Um, you know, how, how fast did you get it up to, oh, what do you got, like 30,000 followers now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't count, like 33,000 something. Okay. You know? Yeah, something little, no, no big deal. 33,176. <laughs> 77 <laughs> and then 76. Then 70. Um, it, it took work. It, it definitely took work. Um, I remember when I hit the 10K mark, I was like, oh, baby, this is great. Oh, he just like, had that I just, moment. I just, yeah, yeah, it's a good feeling, I was, right? I was very excited. You get the swipe up. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get that swipe up and, you, and it changes everything. I read that only 10% of Instagram accounts are 10,000 and above. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So if you we're, we're in the 10% sorry, you're not club. there yet. I'm, but we're I'm working the, on it. We're in the upper 10%. <laughs> working on it. Listen, we're all getting closer to the Kardashians, so it's, it's a good feeling. Um, you know, in the beginning, I was I would share a picture on Instagram, share it to Twitter, um, they used to have the automatic, like you share it, goes kind of goes shoots to all different forums. Um, I would kind of highlight some things on the Facebook page, like check out this picture I took, or um, you know, leading people back to Instagram. Because at that point, I kind of realized, like, oh, this this is a thing. Like, Instagram's pretty big. Um, then you know, it, it it took it took a few years for it to really like pick up, though. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I hate that influencer term, right? But Everyone does. <clears throat> it, it, it gets coined, it, get coined that a lot. Um, I think that's better though that it took a while. Like we were, when we had Mike, uh, a Mike couple Puma. episodes, when we had Mike Puma on, that's a Gotham Burger social club. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. And he was, we were talking about, you know, buying followers and buying this and that. Mm -hmm. I think if, if it took you a longer time, it's obviously a little more authentic and you're keeping them longer as opposed to if, yeah. just, if you opened the account yesterday and then you have 30,000 followers. Yeah. Like, right. And yeah, then you two see, posts. yeah, two yeah, posts you know. and three likes on a picture. I right. mean, you know, it's that, that just always baffled me. The, the buying likes, like buying followers, like it's very transparent and easy yeah, to see as is. well. Yeah. And obviously as your numbers go up higher, your engagement rate will go down probably because not everybody that's there to sign up is getting pushed forward to the algorithms unless right. you're paying to play a little bit, I would assume. Right. But sure enough, you know, this account that we just built for the cocktail garnish organically from like nothing, I bought the first thousand because nobody wants to follow a blank account <laughs> and that, that helps you a little bit. Right. But everything since that thousand has been organic and it's showing in our engagement rates, it's yep. showing in the likes, it's showing in the comments. And sure enough, you put yourself up against some of these accounts that have 200,000 followers and nobody is liking anything. Yeah. Nobody's seeing it. Right. And it's being suppressed. And yeah. some of these people have the audacity to say that I have a 200,000 follower account. And I go, 
who the fuck cares? Because you're not getting any sales off. No of one's it. engaging. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. So it's hyper important or extremely important yep. to be developing these things and not just develop these accounts for a following, but a relevant following more so. Yeah. You know, if Justin builds his account at Smokehouse up to a hundred thousand people. Who cares unless they're all central to showing up to one of his stores or yeah, maybe right. a future opening of one of his yep. stores. And almost similar for you in some senses, it's very important for your account to generate the traffic that is very close proximity to Stanford. I mean, right. you've got White Plains, I'm sure, following. You've got yep. Bridgeport following and, you know, these immediate areas. But if your second highest city that's showing up to like things or follow is from Florida, then right. it's irrelevant to exactly. anybody that's working with you right. on on the front of social well, media. Actually, Florida might be, you know, well because the, of the, yeah, the, the snowbird lake. thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Under, understandable on that. Alabama, maybe you got it. There's no link to Alabama. That's when questions arise after that. Um, so, so we get to today then from doing a lot of organic posts, pretty yeah. much, and yeah. everything has been taken from your phone. Do you use a camera? I I used to be solely a camera guy. I would bring my camera out, come back, edit them, pop them up on here on the phone. Um, now it's literally like I, I just travel with my phone. The cameras are so good now, yeah, too. Yeah, they're great now. This is the 10, right? Like, it, it takes perfect pictures. The 11 takes even better pictures. Right? Correct. Like, That's <laughs> like the only reason to upgrade now right. is yeah. you've got a camera, and it also acts as a phone when you need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Why'd you look at me there when what? you said that? What I wasn't getting at your phone or looking at you for any specific uh, reason. Why, what do you got? The eight? No, I, I got <laughs> nah, it's team something else. Oh, happened. you uh, wanted to go to the no, I wasn't team iPhone versus the Google phone. Okay, no, there's no you. difference. Your, your camera's a camera. They're all good cameras at this point. There's yeah. no such thing as a bad camera, right? Is one better than the other? Who knows? Because Instagram's not giving you the best quality photo anyway yeah, at this right. point Troy, because they have Troy the down sample. Troy, for life. <laughs> so in now... We could talk about the business side in a tad, but let's fast forward a little bit. At what point was the first event that you kind of hosted and put together as Hayes Tanford? Because this yeah. is a major milestone and a jump. Yeah. Because it go, it's one thing to say, yeah, we've got this following and we post a bunch of different restaurants and bars. It's another thing to say, hey, we're doing an event. Right. Like, yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah. It, it, it was huge. That was a big moment for us. Um I should say, I'm in, I've been in the events business in my real life for about 20 years. Trade shows, conferences, meetings. Um, so when I first started Hey Stanford, I always kind of in the back of my head had like this events kind of mind going on of like, one day we're going to do something, you know, like got to bring it to life, bring the brand to life, bring Stanford to life and, and kind of have some fun with it. Um, the Hey Stanford Food Festival came along. So I have some partners with that. Um, Parachute Concerts is their, is their name. They're from Stanford. Alario um, and Ross. And, and Alario was actually my next door neighbor. And we're sitting by the pool one day and just chatting. And he's like, you do this, I do that. You know, why don't we do something together? And um, <clears throat> one day I got a message from him. And he's like, hey, what, what do you think of this? And he put together a whole concept for it. And it was amazing. And it, like... A proper pitch. A, a proper pitch. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I should backtrack. Like, before this, I was I was pitched a lot of ideas of, and they were crappy. Like, I was like, eh, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. You know, um, the ideas that he brought to uh, brought to the table were just amazing, and um, <clears throat> it wasn't literally just like some platform for a stage. Like, this was a, a big production, right? So. It was exciting for me, and it was it was great to work with them to kind of bring that to life. Um, you know, they're, they're they're concert promoters by trade. That's their business uh, all throughout the Northeast, and um, you know they do a great job with it. They brought in some big names for for the first well for all the events we've done so far, and um, we've kind of taken our our best assets and brought them together, and kind of brought the the food and beverage life to to life in Mill River, and it's been fun. It's been a blast. It's so, it's hard, I think, for a lot of people to do what you did in in the aspect of working with somebody else. Yeah. That maybe you just met by a pool right. or over the bar. And it's tough. Yeah. I think that a lot of people's personalities aren't necessarily open to the expansion of idea to yeah. work with somebody else. And like, I'll have conversations all day with people that are very open and transparent. I don't yeah. hide anything. I have no reason to hide anything. Right. 
So when you have some of these conversations with people where you're extremely open, they're sometimes put off. Like, why are you telling me all this information? <laughs> and that's fine. If you don't want to have a conversation, you want to build right. something and you're not going to bring something to the table, that's okay. Right. But, you know, two out of five of those conversations are things that go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot more people that are in this business should realize that it's a lot easier to build together than it is to build separately. Sure. Like, Absolutely. it makes no sense. Yeah. And we, we say all the time, like we, a lot of the guys that have been on the show talk about collabs all the time. And even some are getting born out of the show. Nice. If we ever figure out what we and when we're going to do something with the Blind Rhino guys who we had on yeah. a couple episodes, which I guess you have a connection with because they sure. do the beer yeah. at all these concerts, yep. uh, at all the events, right? Yeah, that was a great so. conversation you guys had with uh, uh, Casey and uh, Jamie. And yep. Matt's awesome, too. Like, those guys have been a tremendous partner. I mean, they've done the, the beer at the since the inception. At, I'm at sure you events. had to twist their arm to get the beer sales for the yeah. events. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. So, sounds um, like- You know what, though? That, I mean, that... This all, we've been using the word organically a lot, but that it all happened very organically. You know, talking to my neighbor, Alario, uh, Alario knew someone that knew Casey, and like it just kind of all just kind of came together as a group of friends that wanted to kind of create something. And this is a tribute to your personality, though. Yeah, this doesn't, well, what I'm saying is this doesn't happen for everybody. The people right. that are closed minded don't figure out how to do these things. Yeah. And look at how much more growth you guys have all come together to find right. just from working with each other. Yeah. Like it's outstandingly easy to do things like yeah. this if more people were to be able to open up and share, hey, this is my strength. What's your weakness? Right. We can fix these things together. Yeah. Right. And in doing something that huge, I went out to what was that? Country the Country Fest? Yeah. Like Country all Access these, Park. All these we different festivals are yeah. going on all over the place. And yeah. like Did you come out for that? Yeah, and the experiences are what, what oh, people yeah. want. That's right, you did. Sorry, thanks for the help. Yeah, gotcha. The experience, <laughs> it was busy, right? Yeah. It was, you needed the help, right? I was, <laughs> so the experiences are what people want, and the experiences right. really sell. And what then really brings Hey Stanford to life is the fact that you now are doing something there in the physical right. where it's like, oh, this is a brand I know. And right. they'll say it's a brand. They're not going to say, oh, it's an Instagram page right. I follow. Yeah. You now just differentiate yourself into becoming a brand than just being an Instagram blogging page. Right. And that's not to knock anybody else down by any sure. means. It's yeah. just they haven't figured out how to get to that point right. yet. And in that, that event wasn't a small-time event either. No. You know? Like it, they had uh, Granger Smith pull up with his tour bus. Like yeah. It wasn't your – normally you see like, you know – whatever municipality concert on the park and it's right. yeah. not to say bad music but not a, sure. a big name or anything yeah. like that and this guy's pulling up in the middle of his tour with an eight you know full fully loaded no, out these guys had thing. serious serious yeah. setups going yeah. on right the things that work in your favor too are the fact that stanford itself is such a young town and let's go yeah. pre-covid too because all sure. of these companies that are out here are hiring kids straight out of college I, I joke, but like the average age in Stanford, it feels like it's like 26 to 37. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never seen an old person walking around this town, I feel like. Yeah. And we all know how to use Instagram. Right. So we all know how to follow. We all know how to watch things. Is over 37 old? Yeah, you're there. I'm a grandpa yeah, then. But, yeah, but you're there. <laughs> but, you know, sure enough, some of the things that you had to go through hurdle-wise in putting together an actual event like, what were some of those standout procedures that are maybe normal yeah. to other I mean, people that you had to figure out? You know, navigating your, your way through um, City Hall is not easy. Whether you're building a deck or doing an event. Blockades, blockades, <laughs> yeah. blockades. There's so many different steps you have to do, and, and that was new to all of us to, to figure out. Um, the good thing is, I mean, we had... The city was on our side. They wanted to do something cool. They wanted to have um, a big event. They want to get their name out there, too. Like, they're selling the city, right? So they want to do some fun activities in town. Um, so we had them on our side. It's so that, nice to have a, a city that wants to do things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but navigating your way through that can be a challenge. And, you know, I think that, that posed a lot of uh, the issues in the beginning, um, especially on that first year. Right. You know, the second year you kind of like, all right, well, I went to that person. I'll keep going to that person. Um, but I think that probably posed the biggest challenge. Um, you know, you, you, you build allies within whatever you're trying to navigate and that helps. So. What about things like financial backings? to put things together like this like uh, it, it's is this a, some phone calls of people that trust you very <laughs> well like uh, it's it, you know what i'm i'm 
the fact that I had parachute concerts, um, you know, as kind of the production arm of this, and, you know, they did a lot of that, uh, a majority of the heavy lifting, right? Like, they, I got a full-time job, I got my families, I got, uh, hey, Stanford, I'm trying to manage all that, and this is their thing, right? This is, this is what they do. Um, so it was, it was helpful that they were there. They were the right partner for this. Absolutely. It was the ability for you to kind of step out of the way, let them do what they know yeah. how to do well. Right. It's like my grandfather trying to sell the house and he keeps stepping in the way of the realtor. And I'm like, Gramps, just <laughs> let him do what he does. They, they do this. Yep. We don't do this yeah. every day. They have That's hundreds it. of houses they've been through. That's it. You know, we, we worked very, we worked hand in hand, all of us. Um, these guys, they think big, right? They have a lot of great ideas. They're doing the national tours of uh, some of these musical acts, right? Like so, so they know the ins and outs of all all that that part of it. So that was helpful. Um, yeah. In big plans that were on the table, and then COVID kind of hits yeah. and takes some of that away. What what's navigating challenges like that look like? It's just to, to call, like, oh, guess we're can guess we're canceling for now. Yeah. Like, put it on hold for another year. That's pretty much what it was. Like, after let's see, twenty nineteen was our last year that we hosted events. Um, I think we did. So we did the food festival, then we did Country Rocks Park, then there was that Tamore, um, which is the Italian festival down down in uh, Columbus Park. A um, couple weeks later getting together again all right let's get out there early let's start promoting it let's you know we already had in our mind all a lot of great ideas that we wanted to take from last year make them even better for the following year and, and work on that um you know 2020 kicks off you start seeing some things in the news things are picking up um you know you're not really thinking much about it but then all of a sudden bam it just kind of shuts down and we're like all right let's we'll put our stuff on pause Let's just regroup mid-year and figure out what we want to do after that. And, you know, here we are a year later. Here we are a year later. You know, there were, there were talks. You know, we bounced around some ideas of, you know, maybe doing some summer pop-ups or some fall pop-ups. You know, maybe things will get better at the end of the year. Let's, let's just kind of hold those thoughts and see if maybe we want to do something. And there's just so many questions that come up of, you know, are you accountable if something goes wrong? Uh, <laughs> You know, you don't want you don't want those things weighing on you to affect anything in the future. So, with vaccines becoming more readily available and more people getting vaccinated, and you know, we're not even at summer yet. The real question is: Are there plans maybe in the summer, in the event that we start leaning in the right direction, to try to get more FaceTime back out there again? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're already talking about uh, summer. Uh, August kind of popping up uh, for the food festival again and getting that ramped up. So, um, you know, we're Kenny, some boxes to check kind of, but that's currently on the calendar. Kenny Chesney just canceled his tour again. Got pushed back. Did he really? Another year. Interesting. Did we talk about that on Tuesday? Yeah, but I'm indifferent. Okay. Yeah. Wonder, <laughs> Sorry. It's wonder big, if he wants to come to Stanford. Big tour. Yeah, that would be you know, that last time. That would, I don't know if there's enough room in Stanford for that. Talk to me uh, maybe a little bit about working with companies specifically, like not necessarily specifically, but working with companies. As far as Hey Stanford as a business goes and any real blogging ability, what we look to do is figure out how to monetize things. Yeah. That's what everyone's a business for, whether we help people or not. Like, yeah. How do we fix the balance sheets and make things happen? Like be able to pay for crazy events. Right. So when you talk about... Obviously, you're aligning with companies that you believe in anyway yep. and their quality because I know this from looking at them, right? In more of the monetary side of being able to do maybe paid sponsorships or events or whatnot, I'm sure that companies maybe want to see your reach. Who are you reaching? And yep. you have to provide data. Similar for our podcast, when we want to send out to advertisers – we have to give them data sources and we have to show them graphs and all these yep. fun things that then they will say, hey, here's some money. We'll back you a little bit here. So in that similarity, how long did it take you before you decided that, oh, we could monetize Hey Stanford yeah. a little bit? Um, honestly, it was probably about five years into it where I was like, not necessarily that I'm going to start doing this, but like, 
you know, all of a sudden some brands started reaching out. It was like, hey, you know, how much to do this or how much to do that? And, you know, that's when I was like, um, let's start getting some details together. Build right. a media kit. Get the get the stats together. Let's, let's start, you know, kind of building on this a little bit. Um, you know, when it comes to... So, Hey Stanford, I, I like to call it as a little side hustle for me, right? Um, I got a full-time job. I'm, I'm lucky that that's still going on, right? Like, a lot of people got hit hard last year. Um, but I've used this as kind of um, a fun forum for me, right? Like, it wasn't about making money. I wasn't out there going to be like, all right, well, I'll, I'll share that burger for however many dollars, right? Like, just wanted to do it because it was fun, right? Like, I just enjoyed doing it. So I wasn't, wasn't out there trying to, like, get a paycheck from it. No, but um, the amount of time that you've said that you put into things, whether it's writing yeah. articles, backlinks, you should be compensated for your time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there is that aspect of it, too. And there, there is the overhead, you know, paying for the MailChimps, the hosting, all that stuff, too. So there's, there's those pieces that, that I account for. Um, but it took about five years for that to really kind of kick in and really feel comfortable being like, all right, well, all right, I'll take your check. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> um, and, so, you should, and you should feel comfortable taking the check. Yeah, like, why, right. why not? I've built this. It's very highly centralized sure. to this town. Like, I mean, we're operating right now a bad business. Uh, waiting on Frost Podcast is in the red. Yeah. Like, we're in the red. <laughs> like, all I want to do is be in the black, and we're happy. Yeah. We get to have the conversations with our friends, our newly found friends, and, you know, old friends that we get to pull right. up and have conversations with, which is great. Yep. But, like, yes, you still need to be compensated for your time. I mean, the hours that you put into anything yeah. that you consider a hobby at first is then work eventually. You know what? When it, my Instagram is, what's the right way to word it? Um, 99% just me out there taking pictures, right? Like just going to the deli, taking some pictures. Um, yeah, because that's what I want to do. I want to share that business because like we talked about earlier, I love when someone says, Hey, Saw that sandwich you got over there. I went to pick that up the next day. That was awesome. So for me, that that's kind of the, that makes me feel good to be able to do that. That's, um, I mean, that's what Mike Puma was saying with Gotham yeah, kind of the Social same, Club. Same themes. Like some of these guys are failing in businesses through the winter. And some of them just like, how many people can I help? I go take these photos of yeah. your burgers and people are going to show up in a big line. And I can only do that so much to people, right? right? Be- before yeah. it's just like washed out. And <clears throat> right. It's like all right, another burger here for the seventh time in like two hours, right? Like <laughs> right. you can only post so much. Yeah, shows the authenticism of what you're saying. Yeah, sure. And I I told Jay before this morning when you came into the when you came into the restaurant. I don't yeah. know, was that last that was last year? Maybe a year or and a half ago. I think it was before everything you came went down. in yeah. with like. All the cousins and yeah. everybody, right? Yep. And you came in, and I, I told him you posted a couple of pictures, and all of a sudden our follower count just started going up. Oh, like, I love it. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this, PJ. Come back anytime. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's funny, though, because it is, it's true, and it's a sign that shows that this account does have a high engagement rate. It, people are paying attention. They are watching. Yep. They're there for the food. They're clearly yep. there for the food. And you can't necessarily branch out of the food because that's what people are here to see. Right. That's what they want. Uh, let me ask you if the email blast maybe is able to be monetized also. A little banner ad or something. Some banner in ads in there. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. And, and this is what I think a lot of companies should be focusing on when you're building a business. Yeah. Like any single space, even for the eyes, is real estate. Absolutely. You want the top banner ad? That's more money. You want the one in the sure. footer? That's less money. Yep. But it's still going to get some eyes on it, right? Yep. Um, you just got to be careful how many you're putting on and, and what you're putting on there. Right. Correct. Yep. Right. Well, you don't want it to be a full penny saver ad spread right. with Hey Stanford somewhere <laughs> right. in an advertising if, block. If it looks yeah. like you're just selling out for whoever's going to give you yeah. it, it's, it's, to be honest, even not as worth it to the person advertising. Correct. And you that's know what? clearly not what PJ's doing. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's been important to me is to not sell out, right? Like, I'm not, I don't want to take the 50 banner ads and put them on the email. Right. I want to, you know. If I'm selling a banner ad, I want people to look at it and click through it and know that it's important to me. So. Like with the prime beef, you know, I'm order I'm ordering New York prime beef this weekend, going to Myrtle Beach. New York prime you beef. Know, I'm gonna stand, stand behind it. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. <laughs> Fries 15 for 15 percent off, and it'll show up right at your doorstep. Just throw that convenient in there. space to place that one, isn't it? <laughs> what What was that website? <laughs> yeah, NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Fries 15. Perfect. <laughs> so 
Um, you know, I I should say though, I mean, like, even though I t I'm talking about not, you know, the the photos that I'm sharing are organic. These are it's important to me. It's something that I like. I'm not gonna go. I don't eat a lot of seafood, right? You're not gonna see a lot of seafood on here because. I'm not going out to see Yeah, what, like White lobster. Castle's not necessarily showing up right. unless you're having like a weird dirty guys weekend in exactly. Ocean City or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, that would right. make more sense. Yeah. Um, I, I fully understand that. In, you said that you did Twitter for a little bit back mm -hmm. then. I mean, it's still happening now. I'm sure. sure. Why would you not put it out? If yeah. you're doing something, it has to go to all the different channels. But what's the response with Twitter, considering we just spoke with Thomas Kelly at Mexico uh, mm -hmm. a couple episodes back, and he said, yeah, Twitter kind of worked at the point where they had the food truck, and then it was just, it was yeah. never really a thing that took off necessarily. Yeah, I was I was big into Twitter uh, when I first started. I mean, I was, you know, conversations of where I'm going, what I'm eating, what I'm doing tonight, or whatever. Like, I was, I was all about it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. This burger looks great. Yeah. Dot, dot. Thumbs up. Like Someone replies, oh, that, yeah. that looks great. Yeah. You know, like it, it was the, the conversation was there and it was happening. Um, it slowed down a little bit and then it just kind of stopped. I, I share all my web content on Twitter. Like I'm, uh, I'm sharing those blog posts on there. So it's going out there, but it I'm just not. It lives somewhere. It lives somewhere. Yeah. And I'm just not having that kind of conversation on here yeah. as I was before. Yeah. And, and I think that that's normal some yeah. things don't translate as well and when you talk about food where it's all picture driven yeah photos of the different sandwiches and whatnot out there uh give me maybe like what are maybe some top three places that you feel like are are go-to's and must-be's in stanford yeah. when you're coming out here yeah i mean it, it obviously depends on what your goals are sure. um, but um you know, if if you follow me on uh, on Instagram, you're gonna see Taco Daddy on there a lot, right? Yeah. Love those guys. Um, I think they're awesome at what they do. They have a lot of fun, and and they're just out there, and they're just doing it up. And I think they do an awesome job at what they do. Yeah. Episode 25, by the way. Just go back in there. <laughs> Is that really episode 25? Yeah, 25, Taco Daddy. Nice. How do you remember that? Because it's the the one on top. Got it. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, you know, Elm Street Diner is another one. Um. Awesome people, John and Stella are over there. They're they're doing their thing, and you know, I th I think when I start talking about it, you're gonna notice a, a common thread, and that's people having fun doing what they do and getting out there, and and that's what these guys are doing. Um, no, it's it's transparent that when you're enjoying the things that you're putting out and the things yeah. that you're building, that it rubs off, and everybody else yeah. feels that as well. Right. With the restrictions easing up now, yeah, and I shouldn't even. Yes, you were affected during COVID with sure. Stanford to some extent. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, more people were home and they were looking through their phones more than ever. I mean, yep. looking at the data rates that sure. I was soaking up <laughs> through the roof on my phone. Yeah. So it seems to me like the business of Stay hey, Stanford shouldn't have really slowed down much in the sense where people are still looking for food. They're still looking to go out and yeah. eat. They're ordering takeout in new places. That's exactly were it. Were you yeah. able to help push some of this throughout... That I would say that was my, my main priority last year was just kind of pushing who's open, what are they doing, what are they serving, um, you know, keeping as many people um, visible from, from whatever pages I have to, to be out there. Um, I would do my best to get takeout a lot too. Um, so I'm, I'm working at home. Um, I'm going out to get lunch. I'm going to, you know, pick, try and do a new spot each every every couple of days you know um so that was really it just just keep it out in the open and let people know that these people are open and they need your business and they're ready for it so how tiring though does it get having to go out to all these different places <laughs> and not only support but show up take photos eat actual food <laughs> at like at some point do you just crave just like can i have some home-cooked slop like yeah. can i just have that yeah. Whatever that item may be that you cook 98% of the time at home. It's true. You know what? I'm a horrible cook. My wife does an awesome job, so I'm okay eating all her food. Um, and that's, you know what? That's one of the reasons why I only made it kind of a lunchtime thing. Like, I was only kind of going out at lunch because I'd sit home as a family because I was able to and enjoy dinner with my family, which was great. Um, 
it hasn't gotten tiring yet. You know, I, I enjoy going to these places. I enjoy talking to the people. Um, you know, whether it's the girl at the register ringing me up or the actual guy that owns the place. I love talking to the people and just kind of, it gives me a sense of um, what's going out going on out in the real world and kind of understanding all that. And you could, you know, listen and watch all you want on the news, but when you're actually talking to the local business owners, you learn a lot and you kind of figure that out pretty quick. With video taking off. Yeah. And, and I mean, think about music, for example. Music used to come out on cassettes, yeah. vinyl, whatever it is, yep. CDs, and there'd be nothing in between those CD releases. Now with the internet kind of exploding with quick speeds, people download music, they stream it super quickly. So a new artist drops one single record. People have already chewed it up and eaten it out by 24 hours later. They're not listening to it anymore. And that shows our consumption and what we're becoming accustomed to is just being able to eat things up and spit it out. Eat things up, spit it out. And the desire for video, I think, is very high, and a lot of us aren't capitalizing on it yeah. because we're either just not comfortable being in front of the camera or it's just a lot of work to mix down all these videos. I mean, we just did a couple of videos at Smokehouse the other day, and just on the back end, opening up the editing software, I was just like, God damn it, we'd be sitting here for an hour just doing <laughs> yeah. these videos like this? Yep. It's terrible. But the reward is extremely high sure. because the platforms are giving you the full push forward when you start putting the video yeah. through. I mean, take Instagram Reels, for example. It's new. They're fighting TikTok. And they are promoting people heavily that are using Reels. So one of the first Reels we did had like 3,000 hits on it. Mind you, our account only has 4,000 followers, 3,000 which are real on Cocktail Garnish Go. So that shows a lot. Right. Like you're really pushing that forward yeah, here. The, the Reels definitely hit the Explorer page more often. So you see it yeah. all you're time. See, Are you seeing this yeah, through the definitely. Smokehouse? So we've been taking our TikTok and just putting them up into the Reels, but they get more, we get more views on the Reels than we do on the TikTok, so. I would be interested in wondering if at some point. The, I gotta stop saying the TikTok. <laughs> the, I wonder if at some point the AI will get smart enough to realize that there's a TikTok watermark you know, I was on Instagram yeah. and they would shun you down a little yeah. bit for recycling. They, it probably will, but. But the Instagram Reels is not as good as TikTok. There's not as much flexibility, and they don't definitely don't have any music on it. That was a really bold statement. What? It was a lot. You just said oh, okay. it's not as good. Like that was a very bold claim. You just said it's true. Okay. All right. We're building some things out. All right. So obviously, Hey Sanford needs to get the TikTok going. Yeah, definitely. And hey, I TikTok. we need to get. No, that won't work. <laughs> no, not at all. The TikTok. Um, you know, I fiddled with it a little bit. I, I got some 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 content up there. Um, it's a lot, you know. Comfortable with Instagram. I use it a lot. Um, you know, just just like restaurant owners, right? Like, you just got to get comfortable getting your groove, doing what you got to do. Um, for me, it's getting out there and just kind of getting the content ready, you know. So the website's heystanford.com. Heystanford.com. The Instagram's heystanford. Yep. People, it's 2021. You know where to find people. Yeah. Like the episode, we've spoken to a ton of guests who are commanding their domains. We've spoken with owners and operators at Lila Rose and Taco Daddy, Bonabona Ice Cream, The Parlor and The Cookery, Walter's Hot Dogs, and a ton more of interesting conversations. Hit the follow button to see new episodes pop up when you open your streaming service.